tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, Episode 75. Well, Merry Almost Christmas, you guys. I sure hope you're enjoying this holy season, and I hope that you've found some time to really contemplate and appreciate the gift that we've been given. Emmanuel has come, God Himself with us, now living inside of us by His Holy Spirit. As we come to the close of 2021, I had a chance to talk to Rebecca Lyons about a new devotional she's written called A Surrendered Yes. You know, I can't think of a better gift to give Jesus this Christmas than to surrender complete control of our lives to Him, for it's in letting go that we learn how to live free, discovering the joy and freedom that comes when we say yes to Him. It's been my privilege to have Rebecca Lyons on our podcast. In fact, she was part of the Best of the Living Room series this summer, and uh, so hey, we're gonna we're gonna dive into her new book, but. If you haven't really heard Rebecca's story, I want you to go back to episode 65 and listen as she just shares the heart between behind as she shares the heart behind her book Rhythms of Renewal, but also you're just going to get acquainted with her in a deeper way. And so lots of backstory that we're just going to probably just have to briefly go over, but Rebecca, welcome back. I am so excited about this new book, A Surrendered Yes. 52 Devotions to Let Go and Live Free. It is not only a beautiful book, but it is beautifully written. And I just was blessed even by just browsing through it because I feel like you hit so many, just so many facets of what a surrendered yes can be in our lives. Can you can you tell us what inspired the book and what a surrendered yes looks like for you? Oh my goodness. Yes. Well, you know, I think surrender has been a slow and steady process of handing things over. <laughs> it's just, you know, sometimes it's, we're more reluctant. That's why I call it a surrendered yes, because it's not always something we want or choose. It's an interruption maybe to the life we had planned and God in his mercy and kindness. I know sometimes it doesn't feel kind, but it really is his kindness that leads us to repentance. And part of that is so that we can be back in direct communion with him. It's really not about the outcomes that we want in life more than it's about just the the nearness of God in our life. And I have found that when I'm walking through trial or I'm walking through a hard season, it always brings me back to the feet of Jesus. And in that place, I am filled with joy and peace and gratefulness and surrender. And man, it's the hardest thing to do. Surrender is the hardest thing to do, but Every single time I'm willing to like unclench my fists and let go of control that truly is masking fear, I find God's um, grace to be so evident in my interactions. I'm less irritated, less controlling, less frustrated, um, and just kind of like, okay, God, this is your turn. Just you show up and you show off and help me learn and listen from this thing. It's so true. And yet, don't we fight against surrender? I mean, it's like, I don't know if it's just our self-preservation or, or that we think, well, but I've got such a good idea, God, yours po- yeah. your idea couldn't be possibly as good as mine. Right. Well, and I think, I think sometimes we see surrender as passive versus mm-hmm. a real active, intentional act to go, God, I'm not going to run ahead of you. I'm just, I refuse to do that because y- 
it won't bear fruit anyways. So I think sometimes we fight against it because we think our active, our proactive steps of strategy and, um, you know, plans and, you know, kind of high capacity thing is going to really get us what we want. And what we have learned, I have learned for sure, is that I can see success in my own strength and it still leads to burnout. It's still like you can accomplish all the things that you thought you wanted in life and it doesn't satisfy. It still doesn't satisfy because it was partly from my strength. It was my, my muscles, my, (laughs) my ambition. And God's like, oh, okay. Are you ready to like, are you ready to let me kind of put wind in your sails and lead you to places you never even imagined in your own strength? And that's the surrender. Cause honestly, every time I say yes to that, it does lead to flourishing in ways I didn't imagine. It just truly does. And I, a few years ago, I would say, goodness, five years ago, I had a word for the year every year and, and my word was open that year. And I said, God, I will walk through whatever doors you open, but I will not push any open myself. And just that deliberate, intentional kind of commitment got me in a real beautiful season of like, like being carried by God. Do you know what I'm saying? Like just feeling like, oh, there's so much energy and momentum that I'm not making happen. And I honestly think in the last like few years, a couple years after that, it opened up so much opportunity. I think I started seeing all that. And then I started to try to quality control that. And (laughs) I don't know why it's so ingrained in our brain, like the muscle memory of control runs deep. And, um, I think even putting this devotional out has been a beautiful reminder that we are prone to act like orphans. It's just the sin nature in us. It's the fall. We, we are always prone to go back to pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and making it happen ourselves because we can't sustain a real, belief that God is for us and that he goes before us and that he lavishes us with his grace. I think we're so afraid of failure that we we don't quite trust him. And he's so grace, gracious even in that. Like he's not condemning us, but he's still going, hey, do you trust me? I really do have the best life for you. And yes, it will, it will have some suffering, of course, because Romans 8 says you're no longer fearful slaves, your sons and daughters of God. And because you are his children, you get to share an inheritance. And that means you also get to share in suffering. But all that really means is that you mean suffering, sharing in Christ's suffering means you you are family to God. You are beloved. You He is near in those trials. And that's why I love James 1, count it joy when you face trial, because it makes you perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So there's beauty in suffering. That the passion, the word passion that propels all of us to our work, the root word of passion means to suffer. Like none of us would be excited about our work had we not suffered in this area that we are now leveraging for his glory. Um, pain always becomes purpose if we let it. And so this really, this devotional is is an invitation for that. Well, that's, I think the thing that just really blessed me as you, you walked through that, even you, you made a statement that just, I've been chewing on this morning. Calling is where our talents and burdens collide. And just that whole idea, as you just mentioned, pain and purpose, 
that somehow they're connected. But boy, if we're constantly fighting against what's going on in our life and we don't let go and surrender, if we don't say, okay, Lord, I don't understand this, but, but this is where I'm at. What do you want to do here? Mm. Um, we're going to miss the gift because here's the deal. You know, suffering's going to come whether we like it or not. Uh, that's part of this life, but will we let God have his way? That's the big question. Oh, so good. What would you, what would you say to that person who's, who's saying, um, I'm just so afraid to give a surrendered yes, because what if God asks me to do something I can't do, or I don't Mm. want to do? Mm. Um, The answer is that will happen. Uh, I like playing the what if game? (laughs) What if that happens? What if God invites you to do something that you're afraid to do and you don't want to do? I want to just go ahead and tell you in advance that will happen. That will absolutely happen because he's basically inviting you to something that requires him. Yeah. Right. He's inviting you into something that like Moses, you're ill-equipped for. You might not be good with words. Nobody will listen to you. You're, you're afraid. Or Jeremiah, who's supposed to be a prophet to the nations. And he keeps saying, hey, just open your mouth and I will fill it. God never calls us to something that doesn't need him. <laughs> it yeah. wouldn't be called. It wouldn't be God. It would just be man's uh, chasing the American dream. Right. It's God is actually always calling us into something that's counter to the world that is about the kingdom of God and where his spirit is alive and well in us. So we all of a sudden become to, we start to bear fruit that looks different than the world of love and joy and peace, patience, gentleness, because we've learned that chasing the hustle of the world's culture only leads to death. I, I'm reminded of Romans 6, 8, right? The mindset on the flesh leads to death and the mindset on the spirit leads to life and peace. So there's a reason as a society, we are in the middle of a collective panic attack. It's because we're chasing what the world promises will fulfill us. And it doesn't, it doesn't. And I don't know, even as believers, we, we buy it. We buy the American dream and Jesus is going, you can do that, but you'll still be lacking. You'll still be thirsty. You'll still be empty. What if you practically just said, God, what do you have for me? That is life and peace. And maybe that's just letting go of some things or stepping into some risky things where God gets so loud for you because you cannot survive otherwise. (laughs) And then all of a sudden you're carried with a new power and authority and passion and desire. And I have learned that when I walk in things that way, all the the forces of heaven come around that. Uh, If God is for it and he initiates it, he is faithful to complete it. And so... Yes, it's scary. Yes, I'm not enough to do it. Um, uh, that just gives, when I boast in that weakness, it, God's strength is made perfect. I love this um, devotional by Andrew Murray called um, Abiding in Christ. It was written in 1895. It's still, it's like, I love books by dead people, but he's like one of my favorite authors. And he's all talking about like this idea of the vine and the branch. And he said, when our activity ends, his begins. And so it's this kind of like handoff grafting in where he is the vine. We are just the extension of his life-giving nutrients from heaven. We're, and yet the crazy thing is we get to be the ones who bear the fruit that is seen. But the resource to that fruit came from the unseen. And, and I think we're trying to bear fruit that is seen, that is 
man-made so it's rotten it doesn't it doesn't last it actually didn't it wasn't grafted into a vine it's a counterfeit and god is going hey let me be the source of life for you so that when man encounter you men and women encounter you there's something different about you there's just something different in the way you carry yourself the hope the the confident hope you still carry when the world seems to be crashing when everyone's yelling at each other when everyone's scared of whatever our societal moment looks like he's saying you're not um a, you're not a resident of this world you are strangers and aliens you are um a, a daughter in the kingdom of god dwelling temporarily in the kingdom of man and goodness when we start to walk like that we're not like head in the sand not aware but we start to just really walk with a grace for all the division a grace for the, the the fear we we just carry something that is powerful and it's because it's god yeah yeah well and it, and it's only i really believe this it is only accessed in surrender mm. yeah i've got to trust in the lord with all my heart otherwise i'm living half-heartedly i i'm living with one foot in the world one foot in the kingdom and i'm freaking out all the time because i really I, we're, we're actually doing craig rochelle's um book on wednesday nights at our church you know christian atheist believing in god but living as though he doesn't exist mm. what you're mm -hmm. talking about is this beautiful invitation to do life with the lord and and i just wonder sometimes why do I keep defaulting to that orphan spirit you talked about that really secretly believes it's all up to me and I'm mm. going to figure this out or else, oh my, oh dear, when we've been invited into this freedom and you, mm. I love the subtitle, you know, 52 devotions to let go and live free. And you divide it into three sections saying yes to God saying yes to yourself and saying yes to others. Why is it important to kind of consider all three of those things? Well, it's, it's, it's based on the scripture of loving the Lord, your God with heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then loving your neighbor as yourself, the great commandment, right? The assumption here is that God is number one. He is the prize, your first love. Um, and that you can't love your neighbor in a way that's full and unconditional if you can't love yourself that way like the assumption in that commandment is that you do love yourself you actually you do delight in what god has created you don't condemn yourself right you you're not listening to the enemy accusing you constantly and beating you down and agreeing with that and we can all fall into that because the tempter does that i mean in the garden he went to eve to elicit doubt the, the very question, did God really mean as shame was to elicit doubt in a good and loving father. And so that's still his strategy today to every daughter of God is like, does God really love you? Look at your life right now. He must not care. And, and then that beat down over time, we just, we, we wither, we wither with that kind of antagonistic berating um, when we're in isolation, especially because we don't, all, we it loops in our brains, and we don't have someone outside of our context to go, oh, look at what God has done in your life. Look at the narrative arc. Look at the the thread He has pulled, and how He has shown up time and time again at that last hour when you lost so much hope. He's He's still here. He's not gone somewhere. 
what's happened is you've started to make agreements that he doesn't love you. And because of that, you don't have the perfect love that can cast out fear right now. It's still available to you, but you've ignored it and you've actually shut it down. And instead you're listening to the antagonist, the accuser, and the one who elicits doubt. So when I feel that I am gripped in fear and anxiety, quite frankly, is my fancy word for fear. When I feel like I go through a season that's more fearful than normal, yes, of course, the brain, yes, of course, there's some serotonin, you know, there are chemicals and all of that involved, but I still go back to the root and I go, God, am I believing that you don't love me? Am I believing that you don't really care about what I'm experiencing right now? Am I kind of at like just angry at you? Am I bitter or resentful because life stinks? Um, what am I missing here? And so I've just had to get honest before the Lord and hash it out. Like, are you going to lift this <laughs> or what? And it's like, even in that moment, I think what was revealed to me was God's going, no, but I'll be here for as many wailing walks. Or what he said was not yet, but I'll be here for as many wailing walks as you need. And what that meant is going, are, are you, is, is this about the gift more than the giver or the healing more than the healer? Am I just a vending machine and you just want me to fix things? Or I, the way I kind of worded it the other day is like, do you want me to fix what you're holding? Or are you willing to give what you're holding to me? And that's a very different request that we make to God. We want him to come on our terms to be God in the way we want him versus letting him be God and showing us what that Godness looks like. I love what you're saying. One of the things I've appreciated about each of these devotions is that you start with a real personal story of your own, your own situation. And at times your struggle to get to that surrendered. Yes. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Rebecca's story, she really struggled with panic attacks and fear and anxiety. And yet God has done such a beautiful work. And I love that you share, you just give us kind of front row seats of what this looks like. What does a surrendered yes look like? But what are you still learning in this area? Hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, I just think that, um, like we just talked about that, that muscle memory of control just runs deep. And I think it's partly like, if you just kind of grew up as a survivor, you know, and this doesn't mean you had to have a hard childhood, um, in like tangible ways, but more like if you just felt maybe unseen or unknown or unheard, in any environment in your upbringing, I do think we tend to kind of, kind of have that unworthiness thing that that creeps up, which requires then some hustle to overcome the worthy unworthiness. And so we're kind of all always combating like, like being enough and making sure that our identity is. It, we can be tempted to make it be attached to our our achievements or our success or what the what people think versus uh, coming back to the place of going, hey, just because there might've been a season in your life where you felt unseen or unknown or unheard, you were, you were seen and known and heard that entire time. That while God might've felt far away, he did not make a single mistake in how he knit you, how he crafted you with intention, how much he loves you, how all your days were written and planned before one of them began how he truly calls out destiny over you as a daughter. And he is a God who redeems the time. He is a God who gives back what has been stolen. And so it's really just come into the acceptance of that place of going, God, what, 
what have I believed about myself and therefore believed about you based on just a prior wounds in my life, uh, relational wounds, whatever that looks like, maybe rejection. You know, years ago, the Lord told me, Rebecca, public affection can't heal private rejection. Mm. You know, we can try as hard as we can to, to be enough for the, the, the numbers, but truly, um, what we're looking for is love and we'll settle for admiration and love is the thing. I mean, and that kind of perfect love is what casts out fear. And once we walk in full trust instead of control, because control is masking fear, then we go, okay, God, let's do this. Let's do this adventure. I don't even know what you've got up your sleeve. Um, it feels it's of course going to require sacrifice and risk and all the things that I don't really want to do, but what other option do I have? Live numb? checked out. No, I want this one one and crazy wildlife on this side of eternity to matter for you and for me, for us together in communion to redeem what is broken in our lives or around us. Amen. And that, and that doesn't always mean, you know, I think sometimes we think that, okay, if I say yes to God, then everything's going to be great. <laughs> and no. the, the, a surrendered yes will just always lead upward and onward, and it'll be the life I've always dreamed. And that's the message of our society. You know, yeah. if you dream it, then it will happen. And, and if you say yes to God, then all of these incredible things. But I found um, that the surrendered yes doesn't always take me to the life I thought I wanted. You know, sometimes the surrendered yes is saying yes to God's plan when none of it makes sense. And I know you and I talked about in our last interview, just the challenge of, of um, and the privilege of having kids with special needs. And um, you talk in your, your book about your oldest son who has Down syndrome and then God leading you guys to adopt Joy from China who also has Down syndrome. But that was, and I think you and I were talking briefly before, you know, um, Josh is doing really well, but I don't know what, what adulthood is going to look like and what, what that's going to look like for us and, and how to say a surrendered yes to a life that maybe isn't the one we thought we would have. Mm, um, yeah. What was the steps that got you to that place where you're able to like thrive there rather than fight against the life that we've been given? Well, I think because when you go the road less traveled or, you know, scripture talks about how broad is the way that leads to death, but narrow is the way that, that leads to life. Like not a lot of people are going to want to take the road of surrender that actually leads to life and peace because surrender again goes back to fixing your mind on the spirit and what the spirit is trying to do. And that's very counter to what the world is telling you you need or want. And I think the world is showing us what plays out when you follow your own desires. It's yeah. you, you are more depressed and more purposeless than ever because you've lived a life into comfort and security, false security. And and then all of a sudden it kind of is rocked and you don't know where to turn. So I'm, I'm just as guilty of this. This is not me like trying to bash, like the temptation is real, <laughs> but I do think, yeah. you know, putting some guardrails in your life that re that require surrender on a daily basis that force it in fact, um, kind of helps you have a counter, a, a counter approach to things. Um, I'm not saying everyone needs to adopt a child with special needs, but I'm just saying the road less traveled can be unpopular. And yet 
it is in that trial that maturity is formed, that growth and change and impact happens. And everything good is costly on some level, or it wouldn't be good. <laughs> it just is. And I, I don't even know how to tell you. It, like, it's like you just have to live it and you go, you know what? God's grace is so full in this season of struggle. Like, for example, today's, uh, today's a hard day with Cade. You know, I was telling you before we came on, like he's home, he's out of school because, you know, they had to shut everything down because of some cases. And, um, but yet in general, he's been doing better than he was a year ago. But like, there's still days where you're like, okay, Lord, I'm going to go in my room and I'm going to do this podcast and hope he's okay for the next But But, but partly because God's glory is revealed in our weakness and I, I don't want to be killing it. I actually don't think that's very relatable <laughs> right. to always be like, oh, everything is perfect because it's just not true. We live in a fallen world. It's more about how do we respond in grace and how do we kind of let things roll off that are hard because we know he's still got it. And that to me is uh, the maturity. It's not that the, the fear won't come knocking, but it's that God will always make a, a way of escape so that we can bear it. He will mm -hmm. always be with us. He will always be our shield and our deliverer, no matter whatever trial we're facing in that moment. Yeah. Well, and I keep thinking, you know, all of this, all of the things that touch our lives are not outside the Lord's his his knowing as well as his plan and if i can embrace it but that means i'm going to have to let go i love how you put this you've got to let go of the known so that mm -hmm. you can see the unknown you know and yeah and i think being willing to go okay lord this thank you for this one life that you've given me help mm -hmm. me make it count and the thing that has just actually been um i felt like god dropped in my heart after your conversation and mine, wow, I, maybe it has been a year or even longer. Um, I just felt like the Lord said, Joanna, you and Rebecca are parenting these children for eternity, mm. for eternity. And we get so caught up in the here and now that we forget there's a whole, whole lifetime, a whole eternity to mm. come. And if we can live with our hands open here, if we can experience and taste the joy and the freedom, even in the midst of, of difficulty, it's like, um, I, I just wonder what that does to the heart of the Lord when yeah. we trust him enough to say, thank you for this life. I trust that you're going to make it count. Show me mm -hmm. how to cooperate. <laughs> yeah. Show me how to cooperate. Mm-hmm. Well, as we close, would you just pray over the people who are listening mm -hmm. and those places where we want to surrender, but boy, our flesh is just pushing back. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just want to encourage you for whoever's listening right now for a moment. You know, I do think the invitation of God um, is persistent as it is. If we continue to kind of shrink back or ignore it or push it down, I don't know how strong it can continue because God, it says in Amos that his eyes roam the earth looking for whose hearts are completely mine. And it also says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And we might think that God's going to continue to just invite us into this wild adventure every day for the rest of our days. 
But scripture also talks about people where he just lets them have what they want. He's a gentleman. He gives us free will. He doesn't force or or coerce. So he does extend invitation, but the knocking, he's like, behold, I, I stand at the door and knock. I'm knocking. How long do I have to keep knocking to invite you to trust me? And if we call ourselves followers of Jesus, what are we waiting for? Why would we why would we reject that kind of an invitation from a savior who has a destiny and a purpose and a calling on our lives? Why what why is the enemy so much more believable than Jesus? Mm. And I and I know it sounds harsh. It doesn't I don't mean to sound harsh, but I feel like we're we're losing time. Yeah. as a church. Like every day that passes is another day that we're rejecting God's invitation. And when you hear it that way, it's like pretty convicting yeah. that God's going, are you in or not? You know, mm-hmm. I, my eyes are looking for those who are all in. Yeah. And if you're worried about losing like your comforts and that's the thing that's holding you back, then have your comforts. But, but in the end, you'll, you'll gain the world and you'll lose your soul. And man, that is hard to hear. Or Jesus saying, if you if you lose your life, it, what the world promises, you'll find it. So do we believe that what he's calling us toward is more meaningful and purposeful than anything else we could pay attention to? And so I pray that if God is doing that nudge for you today, he's been doing it pretty persistently, maybe for the last year and a half, will you consider responding? Even with a feeble, very reluctant, yes, Lord, I am here. Send me. You know, you don't have to be bold and fearless with it. You can be cautious. It's okay. He knows you're insecure. He he knows it's scary, but he would not be inviting you if he was not going to be the wind in your sails. And mm-hmm. I promise you that. So let's pray. Lord, I pray for anyone who's listening right now who just feels completely overwhelmed with life as it is, with struggles in the everyday with feeling alone in not enoughness. God, I just, I pray right now that you would lavish them with your grace and your mercy. Would they fix their eyes on you again? Would they get quiet in the secret place before you, Lord, on their knees, in their room, bedroom, whatever, just get, steal some time away right now, Lord, and say, God, if you're knocking, I want to hear you. And not only do I want to hear you, God, I want to trust that your plans and your purposes for me are good. And yes, I'm afraid. And yes, I feel like I'm not enough. And it's scary to risk and step out on the water again. But today I want to do that, Lord. I want to trust you. I want to follow you and not just casually follow you like, you know, like just in word, but I want to follow you indeed. I want to put actual legs to the invitation that you're giving me right now. Help me know how to be your hands and feet and help me trust you in every single step of the way because I know that you go before me and you bring people around. And so please, Lord, give me the courage to say yes. Give me the strength to say yes. And thank you for showing up for me every single day on this other side of yes. Thank you for going before me. and Thank you for paving the way. And I trust that all you have every day is good. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it is always good. And I trust you for that. And I thank you for that in advance. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Wow. Rebecca shared so many powerful insights. I think I'm going to have to go back and listen to this episode again because surrender just doesn't come naturally. Yet I think, in fact, I'm convinced it is the key 
freedom in every area of our lives. If you go over to the show notes at joannaweaverbooks.com forward slash 075, you'll find links where you can buy Rebecca's new devotional. You know, with 52 entries in this book, you'll have a chance to explore a facet of surrender each and every week of this coming year. I don't know what it is that you might be clinging to right now that you just struggle to think of letting go, but I can guarantee you this. It's keeping you from finding true treasure. It's only as we empty our hands, as we say that surrendered yes, that we're given all the fullness of the full measure of God. I pray that 2022 will be so packed with God's presence and power that it will be like nothing you've ever experienced before because He wants to fill you with His life so He can spill you to the world, helping you live and love and lead like Jesus. See you next year, my friend, and Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas.